Have you ever had a civil discussion with someone you disagreed with or who had a different perspective than you? If you have, what did you learn? Here on The Moderate Review, we try to have these kinds of discussions. So, let's talk. I'm your host, Jack Taggart, and on this episode of The Moderate Review, I am joined by Corey Nathan, host of Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other, and we talk about his experience converting to Christianity and his critiques on American evangelicalism, as well as what it means to be a Christian. So, let's talk. Well, I don't think it should be unpopular uh, because the best sandwich ever is peanut butter and tuna fish on a toasted bagel. And sometimes if you want to get crazy, you add a little bit of American cheese to it. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I can honestly say I've not uh, not had that before. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the best sandwich ever. (laughs) Um, No, on a a more serious note, uh, I was thinking about this. And I think that I find myself in the minority in two very different worlds that I straddle. Uh, One is I became a Christian about 20 something years ago, but had a very different upbringing, was raised in the Northeast uh, in a very observant Jewish family. In my church circles, I tend to look like an alien. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of different things about me or questions that I have that just make me look different. You know, I I question a lot of the basic assumptions of some of my friends in church. But then again, I have, you know, my vocationally, I have a career in entertainment and media. And just sometimes the fact that I go to church is, is unpopular. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly the best adjective for it, but it, it is definitely in the minority. So I do find myself to be somewhat alien in both worlds. So you did talk about how you were kind of raised in a in a Jewish home and then converted to Christianity. What was that like? And how did you um, convert from Judaism to uh, to Christianity? Like I said, I, we we went to an Orthodox synagogue. You know, I uh, I was bar mitzvahed. I we kept kosher. You know, we weren't just kind of Jews on the surface that maybe went to synagogue once a year on the high holidays. We observed all the holidays. We observed Shabbos. We, you know, and a good indicator on my, uh, when we were inviting people to my bar mitzvah to see me do my first aliyah, my first call up to, you know, read from Torah, it said, as my father and grandfather before me, which, you know, to me was very symbolic. I loved the language of it, even as a, you know, 12 and a half, 13 year old, because it's who the people that I am a part of, you know, and it was very, very meaningful to me. So it was very difficult for me to become a Christian, but it was the result of many, many hours for many, many months studying theology, uh, what's called apologetics, uh, in other words, arguments that for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and then doing comparative studies, philosophical world religion comparative studies as well. And I was searching, I've always been sort of a truth seeker, but I was searching for answers to some basic existential questions. Like how did this universe thing get started? Are there problems in the universe? If there are problems, is there this grand plan to fix those problems? Where is this whole thing headed? You know, it was just big questions that (laughs) maybe a lot of folks don't walk around having like being burdened by those types of questions, but they burdened me. And, And Another element here was that I 
I was seeking out mentorship from folks that I really respected because uh, I was in my late 20s. Uh, my wife and I were starting to think about having a family. I was just getting started out in business. So I was looking for mentorship from folks that I really respected how they did business, their, how, whether they were successful, how they were as you know, people, family, um, you know, fathers, husbands, in, in my case, uh, were they good in the community? So some, some of the mentors I was hanging out with were giving me, you know, I was having these conversations with them. Long story short, I came to a difficult conclusion, perhaps uh, arguably the most inconvenient conclusion, set of conclusions I could have come to as a, a Jew from a family in the Northeast in the you know, latter half of the 20th century, that the Christian answers uh, and Jesus as a unique character in history, as a unique person, in fact, Messiah in history, answered those questions much more coherently and cohesively than any other set of answers that I had looked at at that point. And listen, the way that these explorations work is that you don't answer all the questions 100%. You know, in fact, when you find an answer, it usually opens up a thousand other questions that you explore. But I just got to a certain point where I was like, man, I, I just have to make a decision here. And uh, yeah, I think it was October of 2000 that I kind of clumsily prayed a prayer to a God uh, that I thought I knew, but a whole new world uh, opened up to me and, and I became a Christian. Okay. And like, was there a, I guess, a particular instance where you're like, okay, I need to convert to, to Christianity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what it was, was after months and months of study and, and reading and research, I still hadn't read the New Testament. And that was the closer for me. Uh, so I, the first book in the New Testament that I read was James. And it was a really just kind of one of the shorter books in the New Testament. Uh, but it was good for me because it's addressed to, you know, the 12 tribes, uh, which I recognize as, you know, kind of starting a letter with, hey, fellow Jews. And I was like, oh, that's me. Um, but then I went to the beginning of the book, uh, Matthew, and about five chapters in, I got to what I recognized as a Devar Torah, uh, which is in, in Orthodox Judaism, or I guess all forms of Judaism, you read a portion from the Torah, and then the rabbi typically gives like an explanation or, or an interpretation of what you just read from the Torah. I was reading, uh, starting in Matthew 5 for a couple chapters, Jesus was giving the most brilliant Devar Torah I'd ever read or heard. And it turns out that it was the Sermon on the Mount. But it was really it was really an epiphany. It was just a new way to think about some really important concepts uh, from Torah and from other, uh, other references in the Hebrew Bible. And it just pulled me and I read the rest of the New Testament to Revelation 22 in about a day and a half. And oh, wow. yeah, that, that was uh, about a day after that or a night after. It was like three in the morning where I woke up. I'm like, I got to do this thing. A few follow-up questions. So, how did your family respond when you when you converted to Christianity? Oh man, it, there were years where the relationship was very, very fraught. Uh, my father wouldn't necessarily uh, admit to this now, but I know that there was he grappled with the possibility of what's called sitting shiva, which is what Orthodox Jews do when an immediate family member dies. Uh, like if you've ever seen um, Fiddler on the Roof. You know, she's mm. dead to us when she inter when she married a non-Jewish person, or one of the daughters married a non-Jewish person. 
my, my father didn't go quite that far, uh, but he certainly grappled with it, but he definitely, I mean, my mother's reaction was just kind of comical. She was, <laughs> when, when I told her, she was like, she just didn't, she was a Yiddish word for toots. She was just kind of mixed up. Uh, and she called out to my father, Ronnie, do has, did you hear? Our son is a born again Republican now. So she was immediately <laughs> injecting this like sense of politics and culture. All like, no, mom, I just said I was a Christian. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what would be worse. My son walking with Jesus or voting. I, didn't, I don't know. My brother was really cool about it. He's like, I think you're freaking crazy, but well, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> um, but my dad and I, we our relationship was very tense for several years. But to his credit, he came to the conclusion that our relationship was more important than anything, even his religious convictions. Uh, as as a as a Jew, as a f- member of of our family, m- our relationship was more important. But we had these intense this intense dialogue, usually through written uh, communication, letters, emails, and it was the beginning of a conversation that, in a lot of ways, is still going on today. And, and in a weird way, is sort of the beginning of talking politics and religion without killing each other. The the show that we produce. You talk about how at the time you were experiencing this uh, this conversion, you were married. And so, like, was your wife's wife a practicing Jew, or if so, did she like like make the conversion with you, or what was? How was that? How'd that go? No, she grew up in the South, so she grew up, you know, getting her uh, getting scrubbed in the tub to get ready for church every Sunday morning, dragged, kicking and screaming. So, but her her reaction was funny. I told her the morning after uh, I prayed that prayer, and uh, she goes, "If you think I'm going to church with you." you got another thing coming. She was not happy about it. <laughs> Even though she grew up going to church, she just didn't like it. She wasn't into it. Uh, but she did ultimately become a Christian later on. So, uh, yeah. And we raised our kids in the church and uh, our kids went to a Christian school for a good chunk of their, uh, their childhoods. But that's, that's another story. I, I, some of that, honestly, I regret. I wish that we had maybe chosen a different church family. I had discovered other uh, church bodies, be, you know, earlier on. And I, I wish that my kids went to non-Christian schools because there's this other thing and we might get to this, but there's this other thing about American evangelicalism that isn't, it's, it's not, it's extra biblical. It's not, I think it's a unique thing that looks and feels like Christian-y, but isn't really scripturally Christian. What do you actually mean by like uh, evangelicalism? Because I know that kind of may have like a a very loose definition. Yeah. You know, that is a question that I think is getting hotly debated now. If you listen to folks like uh, Beth Moore and Russell Moore, they're really bringing to the forefront from within American evangelicalism, like, hey, uh, are we really sure what it means to be an evangelical now? And I've been asking that question for the better part of 10, 15 years. And I think that there are some studies that now support that evangelical doesn't mean the theological evangelical that I thought I was signing on to. You know, the evangelical that comes from from the end of Matthew's gospel where he talks about, you know, where, where Jesus gives a, what's called the Great Commission. So that that's basically the, the roots of, in my mind, the roots of evangelicalism. But contemporary American evangelicalism is a very different thing. I think it's clear that there are social and political priorities that 
if if they don't line up with what's in scripture, the social and political priorities trump the scriptural foundations. Like take the Sermon on the Mount. You know, if you went into a group of people who identify as evangelical and you just read some of those uh, the Beatitudes, for example, you might get kicked out of there and, and harassed uh, well into the parking lot because you sound like a, a liberal, commie, leftist, whatever, mm. you know? I'd love to be able to reclaim the word evangelical from social and political entities that have hijacked it. But I just think, I think mm. that, you know, the horses have left the barn at this point. If you don't mind me asking, like, what kind of, what faith community, I guess, did you join? Like, was there like a particular denomination or was it just, um, yeah, just like a, a general evangelical church? Yeah. So the first 10 years or so, we joined a, a Southern Baptist church. Uh, and I didn't know from denominations. I thought once you have the Jesus thing, you're all good. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't study a ton of church history before I became a Christian. So I walked into a denomination of a certain look and a certain feel that is very different than what they think of as say mainline churches, you know, we're part of a Presbyterian church now, very, very different. And, and how we manifest our faith in the community and in the world and our emphases are very different. And frankly, I think much more scripturally sound than a lot of folks that we were going to church with for the first 10 or so years. Yeah. For, so first we were part of Southern Baptist. Uh, now we're part of Presbyterian. To me, I, it's not necessarily the denominations uh, or even if a church thinks of itself as evangelical. What I want to know is, are you starting with the main stuff? Are you starting with scripturally sound, Jesus following? It, it, we're Christians, so, you know, going with church, I'd love it to be Jesus following, uh, but really scripturally sound and really reckon with some of the hard stuff in scripture, whether you like it and that kind of aligns with your preformed leanings or not. You know, I just want it to be to be serious and intellectually honest and spiritually honest. So that's where we're at now. What is a Christian? How would you find or how would you define someone as a Christian? A lot of folks might point to what's called the Romans road and there's certain boxes that you got to check off. I think that someone who believes in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I, I've come to the conclusion that I, I want to draw as few lines in the sand as possible. You know, so you could say, is this person going to church a certain number of times a month? Is this person, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, I, I live in a valley where this guy named John MacArthur, a very prominent theologian, teacher, pastor, has the master's university and teaches at Grace Community. And that dude's got so many lines in the sand, so many lines in the sand. And a lot of people in his church have even more lines in the sand. It's like, man, you know, uh, I, I kind of joke about it, but a, a lot of folks I came in contact just were absolutely convinced I wasn't a Christian because there was a rumor that I might've voted for a Democrat once, <laughs> you know, like they got a lot of lines in the sand. So I, I just, for me, being a Christian is, do you, do you believe that Jesus lived? Was he Messiah? Did he die? And, you know, was he raised from the dead? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but that's, you know, are you following Jesus? You know, do you believe that core tenet of faith, that supernatural moment in history, the crossroads of history, if you will. And then are you following Jesus? So that's how, that's what I think it is to be a Christian. In your opinion, since you've been, you've done this Christianity thing for a while, what would you say would be the way forward to disentangle politics from religion where it's like, you know, you don't have to like 
draw lines in the sand. Yeah, I you know that's a hard one, and I, there have been a few who've offered prescriptions, and I don't know what the right answer is there. Uh, you know, someone who was a part of, and he, I think he's recently passed away over the last couple of years, but he was a part of the Bush administration. Um, said, you know what, we got this thing wrong. We have to go on a fast. We've lost the right <laughs> for now to be engaged and and mix this politics and religion thing. So we got to take a step back. Uh, and go on a fast from this politics engagement because we got it wrong. We abused the privilege, right? So that's one prescription. I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily agree with that 100%, but I think it's worth considering. I think the main thing, is it's in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other God before me. I think to confess that we have this other God called politics, we think that idolatry is 180 degrees off of our core principles, you know, however you might define that, let's say it's personal characteristics. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Now, some characters come along that are 180 degrees off of that. I would argue the prior president was one of them. But a lot of times the most tempting things aren't the ones that are 180 degrees off of, you know, good sound Christian theology or Judeo-Christian values. It's the ones that are 5% off right? 10 degrees off. So I think we have to reckon with what other gods have we put before God, right? Mm-hmm. Is it is it thinking that we got to win an election at all costs? Is it a particular issue? And what issue is that? What hill are we going to die on? Are we willing to find common cause with people who might have a different point of view than we do, even on really important things. Like I happen to believe that life starts in conception, but there's a lot of folks who don't buy that. But can I find common cause with them to uh, achieve societally what we're actually trying to achieve? So, but Mm -hmm. I, I think it gets to just good discernment. What other gods have we put before God, right? And separating that and really understanding where we've gone five degrees off or 10 degrees off it's hard stuff, man. It's hard stuff. How do you make that discernment? What's what's that discernment like? Yeah, so I, I think that God has given us tools to figure that out. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So he's given us heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why don't we use the pillars of who we are as human beings to start that discernment? He's also given us scripture. He's given us a lot of books in Holy Scripture, right? Uh, so we can we can home through scripture to try to figure it out, to see if he's speaking to a particular issue. And oftentimes he does speak to it. And oftentimes the tough stuff is the stuff that we come with a, a priori. Uh, we're predisposed to have a certain opinion about something, but we come across some scripture that doesn't align with that. So we got to defer to it, right? If it is authoritative, if we believe that scripture is authoritative, we're not in this thing alone. You know, he's given us in my, my belief is, and, and not everybody believes this, and that's cool. You know, like some people are agnostic. Some people are, you know, maybe not as orthodox as I am, but I happen to believe that God is sovereign and, and he's given us other people. He's He's planted us in a church body, right? We are part of that body. We're we're critical. We're unique. We, we're each a, a unique part of the body, but we're indeed part of a body, you know, or the, the, the bigger thing is, is we're in, we're in a great redemption plan. You know, when we get to participate in redeeming God's creation. So to answer your question a little bit more directly, like 
rely on the other people in your church body or the other people that God's put in your life. You know, you and I have come across each other. I think there's a sovereignty to that. You know, we can learn from each other. Iron sharpens iron. We can raise each other up and, and illuminate certain uh, truths to each other. I think a combination of th those things, use your discernment by loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, by deferring to God's scripture if you're a Bible-believing Christian, by recognizing other people in your life. These are all tools that we have to be better discerning individuals. This concludes this episode of The Moderate Review. Please join us next time where we talk about the role of politics and religion, as well as Corey's unique insights as a Christian who was an observant Jew, and how he honors his Jewish heritage while maintaining his theological convictions. Until next time, I'm your host, Jack Taggart. The views expressed in the moderate review are solely of the individuals participating and not necessarily of the organizations they are affiliated with. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please tell your friends and please follow us on Twitter at tmodrev, that is the letter T, mod, rev, one word. Until next time, I'm your host, Jack Taggart.